Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. We've got a little bit different this morning, um, just as an introduction. I've got my wonderful um, partner here, Louise. Louise is going to come and join us today. And uh, we've been talking about what's on your chalkboard. And um, how many know what that's about? Uh, okay, two seconds. Nobody put their hand up there. I didn't see your hand there. Uh, what's on your chalkboard is something that's important as in something that we value, something, it may be a particular doctrine that we hold on to, um, you know, that we say, okay, that is uh, non-negotiable. Um, also, what's on your chalkboard is about our values and our vision on how we do things. Why do we do the way, do things, the way we do things, why? Don't know why I'm tripping up over that word. Um, but it's like, what is essential? And I was having a conversation with Louise um, a couple of weeks ago now, and we were talking about that. And when we were talking about what's on your chalkboard, I saw Louise, she's busily writing everything down and um, of what's really important. And um, one of the things we want to talk about this morning is about how we do life together and uh, how church isn't just a sort of one-off thing you do on a Sunday morning. Um, that might be a church service, but it's not necessarily actually what church is and what it is about. If we are the church, then we could meet anywhere, in theory. Uh, it doesn't have to be a building with a spire on the top, which is fortunate because we're in a, in a warehouse here that's a formerly uh, a garage showroom, this was, um, back in the early 90s. And uh, we meet here. So the church meet here rather than this being a church. And that's, that's one, of our, one of our key values is that. But then what does the church do and how do we do life together? And if you go right back to Genesis, um, you look at the story of creation. And every time God makes something, God does something, he says it is good. Right? So it's, he says it's good, it's good, it's good. He makes this, it's good. He makes this, it's good. And there's one thing he says, or well, the first thing he says is not good. Any idea what that is? That we should do life alone. He looked at the, the man he'd made and said, it's not good that you do this alone. So this morning, it's not that we're talking about everyone has to get married and every Adam has to find their Eve. That's not the point of the message. The point of the message is really, as human beings, we're, we're meant to be together. We're meant to have that fellowship. We're meant to have that connection one with another. And so how do we work that out now in our 21st century world? So we're having this conversation. And you had some thoughts and some scriptures and some... Uh, do you want to just say what you put on your chalkboard? Yeah. Come on, come on in here. So um, on my chalkboard was the importance um, of my house, my home being open to people. Um, and that it was a place where people could, knew that they could come and they could meet with us and it was, they would be welcome. Um, the importance of um, meeting with other fellow believers um, and encouraging each other because to me that's a real big thing. We, we're, we've all got things going on in our lives and we're not meant to 
put on our Sunday best mask and make out that life is best. Or when we meet our Christian friends, oh no, life's amazing. We don't have to do that. We, we, ha- we should be honest with each other because we're there to, to support each other. Um, so I felt that was kind of important that I, would, that I should make sure that I was like that with people, but also people felt that they could be like that with me. Um, and loving everybody and valuing everybody um, because everybody has got a part to play um, in, in God's church and in God's kingdom. And I think that's a really important thing that sometimes people think they've got nothing to offer and they've got nothing to give into a community, but actually everybody's got something to give. And um, I thought about the, the New Testament and in the New Testament, um, many times it tells us that it's... Um, We've got to serve each other or to look out for each other. We've got to pray for each other. We've got to um, um, be honest with each other. We've got to honor each other. There's loads. I think it goes on and on and on. If you wanted to count them up, I'm sure we'd get over 50 different things that we should be doing for each other or with each other. So it really felt a really important part in that sense. So, um, yeah. Yeah, certainly that's uh, the history we read of our early church, how they met together, they ate together. They followed the apostles' teaching together, and they shared, so everybody had something. And it was kind of expected, I think, in the early churches that everyone played their part. You know, when Paul writes to the church, he writes to the saints, he calls them. And the idea of biblical sainthood or the the idea of the priesthood of all believers is not the separation between maybe what we would call clergy and then um, everyone else comes along for the show, if you like. Um, uh, I don't see the pattern as uh, entertaining. I see it more as hospitality. And I know if you if you ever had anyone over for dinner and you say, I'm going to entertain them, you know, you, you're the one putting on all the show. You're the one doing everything. It's, then it becomes all about what you're doing when you entertain but if you have this idea of hospitality, I think it's then, it's it's more like what can we do um, together, and, and that. So I, I think churches are more um, hospitality than they are to entertain. I don't mean entertain as in music. I mean entertain as in you know hosting someone. So I think I think that that's a, that is a value. That, that we do hold. Yeah, and I think, um, I think it's in Hebrews. It, it says something about that we should stir each other up um, to do good and um, to do things together. And I think that's, that's an important part. And it talks in Romans, um, as a home group, we're, we're trying to look at Romans in a very unusual order, but we're, we were looking at Romans. We're in the book of Romans. Um, and um, we were talking about there, it talks about the body of Christ and how each part's different. And it brought back memories of... Um, when we worked with the youth and we used to do a, a little drama which was about making a cake and different people if you built you need to follow a recipe don't you to make a good cake um, if you put too much of one thing in then it's not going to be a good cake kind of thing and that that came back to me that sort of thought that you know actually as I'm baking I'm not that good at following recipes actually I, I just make my own things up as I go along but if I want to do something really really good and make sure you've got everything that's there and it's going to be that perfect cake you have to put in what it says if I didn't put in the flour or if I didn't put in the, the, um, the butter or if I put loads of salt in it's not going to taste very nice and that, that to me is a bit like the church isn't it because we've, we're all different elements and but we need the right bit of each person to make it make it be the full cake the full thing it I'm intrigued be. about your small group do you have cake at your small group 
I've tried to offer them biscuits, but they're really healthy and they don't want to eat anything. So um, uh, it's, I've not managed to get them to eat anything yet. So, um, so yeah. homemade cake is not the thing you serve. Oh, that's right. No. I'll come to your home group. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but some people love to do that. They, they, they love to um, open their homes up and they love to get together um, at other times during the week. What, what, tell us more what you're doing. And you're doing Romans backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it isn't, it's not, not, not quite reading backwards. it backwards, not the words backwards. <laughs> uh, we started in chapter 16, then we jumped to chapter 12, and last week we looked at chapters 13 and 14. So yeah. we're just jumping around a little bit. So we decided to do Romans backwards because um, chapter 16 talks about who the letter was to, and we felt that actually it's quite good to know who, who it was to at the start, so we thought that gave us a bit of a picture. Um, but we, have, we just... When I was out in Laos, because I've, I've always been part of a home group, but when I was out in Laos, I decided, um, really felt stirred that we should, Peter and myself, should be opening up our home to have a home group. Um, so that's what we did when I came back. So that's one of the good things that came out of that trip. Um, and, um, but I'm also conscious that I've been in many home groups, um, and I wanted this home group to be one where everybody had equal part to play and um and it's i think well hope for the people who come um, we will say that that is what's happening but everybody's sharing we shared our testimonies with each other to begin with just so that we each knew how each of us had come to know jesus um and that was really powerful and um yeah and then we just each week say well what's god been up to in your life this week and that's a really nice question to start with because you just hear what's happening and um, encourage each other and then we look at the word together and um, pray together at the end. So that's kind of what happens in our home group. So, um, yeah. But we've only been going three weeks, so it's very early days. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, so someone asked me uh, this week uh, about small groups and what we do in church and how we, how we operate those. And um, <clears throat> uh, we haven't always had kind of a top-down approach, you know. So we say, right, you're running a small group in your home and you're going to it. And that's what you're going to be teaching, and uh, that's how they, That's not how we do it. We do it more organically. Um, Lizzie came to me a few months ago and said she wanted to run a small group, and um, she's also running a Bible study on a Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning, and it's really growing, isn't it? People are getting saved in the group. Uh, more people are coming every week. Um, there's real fruit in that, and I think that v- very much came about organically. So if someone said to me, um, I, I have a home, I don't mind opening it. Um, can I have some help and some guidance? Yes, of course. And uh, let's do it. Let's do life together. And uh, we make opportunities like to, after this service today, we're going to eat lunch together. And um, I, do, I do see that pattern um, in the early church. I think there's something about eating together that brings a kind of unity. Um, just a quick bit on that. I, if you read um, the book of Acts, uh, the um, Apostle Peter had a vision of all this food, unclean food coming down on the, on the sheet while he was on the rooftop. And uh, God said, get up and eat. You know, and he said, I can't, it's unclean. You know, that happens three times. And then... Um, he says to him, don't call unclean what I've called clean. And then, of course, one of the Gentiles then knocks on the door. And this is then Cornelius has sent for him. He's a Roman centurion. And he goes to his house. 
and he eats with him and he preaches the gospel. You know, the Holy Spirit fell. You know the story. And the other disciples or the other apostles, they get upset with Peter. And it wasn't because he preached. It wasn't because he taught. And their complaint was, you ate with these Gentiles. And that was the complaint they had of Jesus as well. Do you remember? They said he, he eats and drinks with sinners and therefore he's associated with them because he eats and drinks with them. And, and, I, th- and I think even in our culture today, there's something about eating together that is, uh, there's a level of intimacy. Um, if you went out on a first date, you might go for something to eat. And 29 years ago, I got married to my wife. Uh, today, actually, it's our anniversary. Yay. 29 years. And uh, first time we went out, we went out to eat, and uh, that's how things—that's how things often begin, don't they? So I think in our culture we understand the importance of eating together. And um, when Peter began to eat with Gentiles, that was a real problem, because it's not that you're just preaching to them. We're happy for you to do that, but you've crossed the line here. And then um, Paul tells the story in Galatians when Peter was. Uh, happy to eat with the Gentiles, and then when the guys from Jerusalem turned up, the, the brothers of James and that turned up, he withdrew himself and only would eat with the Jews. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. This is, this is not on, you know, that, that eating together, uh, that, that, that means something. And by not eating or withdrawing yourself, you know, what you're saying is you're now rejecting them. Anyway, a little history lesson there. Um, well, I think that when you eat together... Um you're, it's all the same thing that you're eating, isn't it? You're all in the same place. So I think it's, it's a commonality that comes between you. And I think that's another important part because I think there's a, it's good to get with people who've got similar interests to you um, as well and to meet up with them. And um, Because if you're Christians and you meet up together, often you'll start talking about God and you'll get that fellowship together. And so I think there's that the opportunity is for Christians to get together so that we build each, each other up. But there's also, like, that's a really good way of evangelizing as well because actually by getting with people who are similar, like, you've got a point of interest and then you can talk to them and as they get to know you, they can then um, find out more about Jesus through how you're living as well. So I think it's like a, a two-way kind of thing because I think fellowship you've got the fellowship of sharing together which is like what we are going to do with having a meal together what the fellowship um the luncheon club does um where people are all part of that and they get together and that's a really lovely community that's been built up on a Monday and a Friday and I've had the pleasure of being able to pop in there and making some friends with some of the people there and they've been really encouraging to me and actually they've sent me text message if I haven't been or something like that which has been a real encouragement because somebody you feel like somebody's been looking out for you kind of thing and I found that really a real encouragement and last time I spoke I think was when we had a um um going to say, is it not messy church, was it a cafe church? And after it, somebody just came to me and said, I, I've got a song that I listen to, and um, I think you ought to listen to it too. So I asked who it was by, and it was by um, Danny O'Donnell, who I'd never really listened to. I knew that the, um, the caretaker at my school really liked Danny O'Donnell, so I thought, all right, okay, I'll listen to it. And I listened to that song, and it was such an encouragement to me that week, and I was so grateful to that. And that was just a little something that somebody did for me and that was amazing kind of thing and I think sometimes people feel that they've got nothing to give but 
Actually, they've got so much to give by just finding out about your life, finding out what you're doing and, and sharing with each other. So I think that's kind of the sharing part. It is. There's a thing about two, when two or three are gathered. Yeah. You know, do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, because when two or three are gathered, Jesus says he's there in your name. He's there with us. So you might be in the coffee shop with your friend, but Jesus is there with you too. And, and I think sometimes we, we just sometimes think that church is just on a Sunday and it's just this, but isn't life's church. Whenever Christians get together, it's church. And that's what we should be looking for. Because Jesus said, I've come to give you life, life in all its fullness. So let's have life in all its fullness. Let's take every opportunity that we have to meet together, to learn together and to enjoy life together. I mean, one thing that, you know, the Lighthouse is very well known for is um, obviously food. Um, but very well known um, for being the centre of the community. And um, uh, its doors are open. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I know that a lot of you aren't here during the week, and I, I understand that because you've got jobs and families and things to do. Um, but if you ever get a chance just to pop in and see what goes on, I think um, you'd be quite, quite surprised. I was talking to someone on was it um, Thursday, and they're like, there's a lot goes on at the lighthouse. And I was like, yeah, you probably don't even know half of what goes on. Um, one of the new little things that we've been st- starting on a, on a Tuesday is our community cook club. And uh, this, this began with looking at um, uh, some, some of these young people, uh, young, they're my age, so yes, young, um, <laughs> Uh, their life has been difficult and they've got various challenges and maybe they've come out of addictions or maybe they've come out of homelessness or maybe they've, they're, they're just processing life or they're, they're on their own or they live on their own. And um, we had this idea is let's come together and cook together and eat together and then we wash up together. And it's, um, our, our first one, we said, I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to invite a couple of the, the guys to come along. And turned out they had an amazing passion for food and for cooking. And uh, they, they even come in during the week and say, I'm looking forward to Tuesday. What's on the menu? And I'm like, okay, we're doing butter chicken this Tuesday coming. And they go, oh, can we make extra? Because I want to give some away. And um, so, yeah, we're doing butter chicken on a Tuesday. And, um, and uh, it's just really building kind of friendships and breaking down barriers and... Um, these, these guys don't know the Lord. They don't, they've never stepped foot in a church before. But I just think, like you said, I'm, I'm trying to be church to them. I know that doesn't sound quite right. I'm trying to be Jesus to them, if that makes sense. And what would Jesus do? He'd probably sit with them and eat with them. And, I, and it's not like we're doing a handout because they need it, because they've got to come and work. They've got to come and cook and clean. And um, first time we did a roast dinner, and... Um, I think it was about four hours by the time we'd um, prepped, cooked, sat down, washed up. And um, they're just really just part of it. And I, I'd love to see this. Well, I'd love to see this happening every night of the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I, I need some help and volunteers to do that, um, to, to make that work. Um, but that's just one example of uh, looking at people who maybe struggling financially, maybe don't probably properly cook for themselves. Um, or maybe they don't have the cooking facilities or if they're in a shared house and it's, 
it's difficult. Um, but I think on the uh, the roast dinner, yeah, roast dinner. The next day we had so much, we had so much food. Uh, and the next day we did a curry with the leftover chicken, and um, it's also looking at ways to help people to budget, to batch cook. Um, you know, with the cost of living, you know, a lot of people are struggling at the moment. Um, but that's one thing we can help with. And there's a there's a slow cooker course coming up. Um, where they get given a slow cooker and then they get taught how to make it and all that ingredients. And, and I think what you're talking about there is another um, part of fellowship because I think there's great fellowship when you serve together. Um, I think serving together brings you, brings you closer with the people that you are serving with. Um, I think um, just looking back through, through my life, um, some of the best times of fellowship and um, growing with God has been when actually when I've been serving and as a team doing something um, to help other people and I think there's a great value of actually being Tell part us about of your Laos trip. So yeah so part of going to Laos one of the things which I was able to do there um, as a team we met every every day and we prayed um, and we took it in turns to um, open up the scripture so we learnt from each other and every day we'd set the day off by sharing scripture together but then we lived life together as well and um, so I've experienced that with going to Laos experienced that with many of the youth things that we used to do in the past when I've been a team and some of the fellowship that you have in the the kitchen washing up after something or doing things like that is that that's just really that's really important and I just really encourage you if you've never done anything in a group of people um, who believe in Jesus and have the same faith as you just the the love that you share with each other and because you've got a common purpose and that's to help other people um, and to help them to find Christ it's an amazing opportunity don't don't miss that opportunities if they arise offer to serve because serving you, you gain so much from serving. All the years of Sunday school, even, of, uh, when you do that, and you think, oh, I can't do that. But all of us have had interactions with children in our lives, either our own or of our friends. And actually serving in Sunday school and being with those children and just learning from them, is, it's just a, really, it's a real privilege. And we've had years of the youth in the past. And I think we've kind of, we've done a lot of youth work and we feel like now that's why we wanted to run a home group because we felt that we wanted to be um, probably more with the adults because I'm not quite into all the youth language anymore. I'm a bit out of touch, I think. So, well, yeah, but um, I do think um, there's a massive things that opportunities in which we can serve. And at home group this week, we were talking about... Um, how sometimes you just get pulled away and get really tempted. And one of the members of the group gave us the example of um, wildlife. And so, like, when you're out and you're watching a film and um, the lion's about to attack um, this whole herd of probably gazelles or something, it's not the ones that are in the middle that are secure in that group that get caught it's the ones that are on the edge the ones that are not really fully part of what's going on and and I thought that's a real thing for us to think about isn't it let's all be right in the middle let's all be all joined together so that we we don't get caught out and that we've got each other supporting and encouraging us and I thought that was a really good illustration that was shared at home group so um yeah yeah I, I definitely think that and I think the psychologists would tell you that um you know, we're not meant to do life on our own. And um, there's a scripture in Psalm 68. And um, I'll just read it all. Uh, sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song 
to him who rides in the desert. For his name is the Lord, and be in good spirits before him. He is a father to the fatherless, a judge and protector of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God makes home for the lonely. He leads the prisoners into prosperity, but only the stubborn and the rebellious dwell in a parched land. Um, That's uh, Psalm 68. And I think if we thought, I can do life on my own, I don't need anybody, that to me is the stubborn and the rebellious. That's the parched land where God's holy habitation, you know, well, Jeremiah would say that God is dwelling with us. You know, he's going to dwell in us um, as opposed as the new covenant, God is dwelling in us. But it's this, I love that. He is the father to the fatherless. A judge and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. What is God's holy habitation? It's not a, uh, a warehouse, a building, is it? It's, it's us. We're his holy habitation. When we gather together and God is among us, Jesus said, I will make my home in you. I will make you my holy habitation. And I'm thinking, okay, wow. So if I get together with Louise and we have a cup of coffee, if I do something else, that's a holy habitation. And then to be that father to the fatherless. And he makes a home for the lonely. And I'm thinking, wow, that is, I wonder if our fellowship, I wonder if our holy habitation could be a home for the lonely. And it's amazing how many people are lonely today. Um, You know, we think we're connected because we've got, I don't know, a thousand friends on social media. Um, Or maybe our social media is getting likes and getting attention. But that doesn't stop the loneliness. You can be lonely in a crowd. And it's only when we are, and maybe this is the hard bit, vulnerable and open and say, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling. You know, we have to then do programs in order to tackle loneliness. And so we have one ourselves in, um, here we have a uh, thing called Two's Company. And, and it's good that we do this because we match people that get referred to us by the social services or by social prescribers. They send us people and say, can you reach out? And then we find someone in the church who will make a phone call or spend an hour Um, with someone each week. But I think it's sad that our society has to have these as programs and they're not organic. And they're not, we're not just looking out for one another, like the scriptures you were going to read. But I think also you can feel lonely in church. And I think that's something which we need to make sure as a fellowship that we're not got people who come on a Sunday and a part of, which I think is a really important part for us all to gather and to praise God together. Um, and you've got a connection with God, so you, you're not lonely in the sense that God, you have God with you. But when you meet with other people who are, are Christians, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in. But you have to make a bit of an effort of, to do it yourself as well. Because I've heard people, well, I went to that church and nobody spoke to me. And I thought, yeah, but you haven't actually spoken to anybody yourself. So we each have to make a little bit of an effort for God to be able to come into things. We can't come to be part of a, of a 
fellowship, I don't believe, if we're not prepared to offer and to give and to talk to people and to sh- share with people, it's kind of got to be a, a two-way kind of thing. And then that God could be scary. It, that it could can be scary. scary, but in that's part of being a fellowship. You're, you know everybody here, hopefully, is backing you and is, like, cheering you on in life. It's like it said in that Hebrews bit, you know, stir each other up, cheer each other on, it says, so, doesn't it? And, and I think sometimes... I think that's what we have to remember. I think we've got like, we've we've got a, we've got like a, um, say, a command, I suppose, to look after each other, but also to also then reach people as well. And it's a combination of those two things. But if we're not if we're not looking after each other within the fellowship, and there's people in here who feel that they're lonely and don't feel part of it, then we've got to do something. Comp- We've got to make sure that people do feel part of things. And I think like today, having that lunch, it, that's a really lovely way of saying to everybody, you know, come, you know, come and be part of it. Again, that can be quite scary because some people don't like to eat in front of other people and find eating quite a hard thing. And, but it's, it might not be that for everybody. But if we can put on different things and as a fellowship can t- make time to speak to each other, then I think then we can help everyone to feel, feel part of that together. So, um, yeah, and I think it is the willingness to be open, um, you know, to say to somebody, can you pray for me? I think that's um, that's key part of it, isn't it? I had someone come in this week and um, they, ne- they needed help for something. I won't say what it was. Um, but we, we chatted and we just engaged and got to know them a little bit. And then I didn't know if they were a believer. I didn't know um, where they they'd just walked in the lighthouse. And I just said, Let, let's pray. Let's believe together. And they're like, yes. And it's amazing that, isn't it? That, you know, if we open ourselves up and say, can you pray for me? You, you build this connection. And I think it's a spiritual connection. Um, and that is just one way that we can show that we love and care for one another. And anyone can pray. Yeah. Anyone can pray. It's not that you have to have a degree in theology or something to do it. Um, no, and I think that's another thing as a fellowship for us to, to grow, isn't it? Is that actually each one of us can pray for the person sitting next to us. It doesn't have to be um, a certain group of people that are the only ones that can pray for us because everybody's prayer is of equal value because it's not our prayer. It's God speaking through us and it's the Holy Spirit working through us. So we're just a vessel. It's not, not because you're the best prayer here in Ely. So that's why we should go to you because God will work for you just exactly the same way as he'll work through through um through anyone else through me kind of thing because it isn't it's not us doing anything anything that happens is all for god's glory isn't it and that's what we have to remember i think so um, yeah um you had colossians i have have you got that from the message which giles wasn't too keen on but anyway The message translation. Now you get me in trouble. Theology. So, um, but I, I really like. I, this d- I can answer that one. I can answer <laughs> that one. Um, there's different types of Bible translations, and uh, when you go for a transliteration, they take the scripture, then they have their own idea of what it means, and then they write it down in a language. Um, you also have word-for-word translations, which take on the Greek and the Hebrew, and the Aramaic. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd err on the word-for-word translations, not the transliterations, but well, anyway. But you, he agreed that we could have it. It sounds right? good. Yeah, so it good. sounds good okay. in the message. So I, I think it might come up, but I'll read it to you. It says, Let the peace of Christ, 
Keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Which I think we're quite good at doing this singing. So I, I, but I, and I think that's such a big thing. Because I know... Um, well, Pete won't mind me saying, but sometimes he'll go, oh, I don't want to go this morning. And I go, come on, we're going to church. And he'll come. And then he goes, oh, that was so good. And he said, thank you for making me come. But actually, once you worship together and that part of singing together, before you come to hear the word, you feel like you're back and you're back there with God and you're back there with Jesus and you've got that relationship again. And I think that's so important, us gathering together and worshiping together. Let every detail of your lives. Did you do that bit? Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God, the Father, for every step of the way. It is lovely. I I take back what I said about the Message Bible. (laughs) It does sound lovely. I think it just helps you to understand it sometimes. I normally have like two or three versions going so that I actually try to work out what it's really trying to tell me. So that's how I, I work sometimes. Yeah. I guess growing up in Sunday school, you kind of learn the version of the Bible, don't you? And, and they're the, the scriptures that are in you from, your, from the beginning. And I still can quote them, you know, and I, I read a different translation today than I grew up with. But that's that scripture there. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And... Uh, I don't know what is next one up. Um, I think it says something different here, but that's okay. But to me, the richness of God's word dwelling in you, and I think that's also what we're we're trying to do in our small groups, is taking some of what we're learning and uh, and enabling us to grow in it. And I think that's the point to be spiritually mature, is that we're able to teach and that we're able to feed ourselves. You know, people say, oh, I want to come to church and I want to get fed. I want to get fed the Word of God. And, and I'm thinking, okay, yeah, the milk of God's Word. If you're a baby Christian, that's fine. I understand that. But if you've been a Christian a little while, um, you need to get into the meat of God's Word. And if this is an analogy of us as humans, when you're ready to eat meat, it normally means you can hold a knife and fork. And it normally means you can cut that. I mean, vegan options are available, but you can cut these things. You can cut the vegan of God's word. Is that right? Thing? Cut the meat of God's word. You know what I mean? You can chew. You've got teeth. You know, you're, you're more mature. And I think there is something about that we need to be able to feed ourselves and we need to be able to feed others. I think that's where, you know, the, the father to the fatherless, you know, the um, the help for the widow, um, the judge and the protector of the widow. I think it's really talking about families here and how God's holy habitation is a home and it's a family. And we all come from different backgrounds. Some of us come from very challenging backgrounds. But I'd like to think that wherever you've come from, wherever your culture, whatever your history, there's a home for you here. And that's only possible when we reach out to one another. It's not possible for me up here to get to know all of you individually. But down there we can. We can that with one another.
So what is your ideal then? Um, so if you were to say the Lighthouse Fellowship, what I really want it, Lighthouse Church, the fellowship within it, I really to feel like, I really want it to look like, what do you want it to look like? What do I want it to look like? Challenging. Yeah, challenging. Um, I think there, there, there is a work of the Holy Spirit happening. And I think we need to have our eyes open to what the Spirit is doing. I genuinely think that. I genuinely know that. And some of the challenges that we're having in our culture, whether that is cost of living, whether that is just struggling with anxiety and depression, um, struggling with loneliness and isolation, um, I think that the culture we live in is, is quite sick. And we have a message of healing. We have a message of forgiveness. We have a message of love. I think if, in, in my heart, I'd want that message going to every home, um, to every person in this area, in the wider area, and certainly in our work in, in uh, overseas in Southeast Asia as well. It's that message of Jesus Christ, that, that you can be part of a family, that you, people love you, people care for you. And we have such good news that I, we need that, we need the programs and we need the uh, lunch clubs and we need all those things to kind of facilitate what we do. But actually, some of these things only happen organically in our heart. You can, like after the service today, you can sit with someone and have lunch with them um, or you can engage with them and, and ask them questions, get to know them, pray for them, start breaking down some of those barriers that our culture puts up. Um, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to see that, just the love of God sweeping through families, sweeping through homes. Um, and there's a degree of honesty and openness and vulnerability that is challenging. You know, but if you have a good friend and that good friend's able to encourage you and challenge you or that good friend's able to say, listen, you're heading off a cliff, turn around. You know, what if we don't have a friend like that? I think that's really sad about our culture today is that we don't have that level of friendships that's saying, let's walk together, let's do life together. Okay. And, I, and I think that's back to my first scripture, wasn't it? Where God says it's good, it's good, it's good, and it's good. And, but there's something about we can't do life alone. It's, it's not good. Yeah, I, in a Rick Warren book, he talks about like the church, the body being like a, a big ship and that... Um, the other parts of the church being like the lifeboats and I just wanted to I say to people if which lifeboat would you jump into have you got a lifeboat that you can actually jump into that's connected to um to the lighthouse and if you haven't then speak to somebody and we'll get you in one of them's lifeboats that's kind of like feeling. a small group it could be a small group or it yeah. could be like a study group because you can get fellowship through going to the... There's lots of different things, ways in which people could... But if people don't feel part of something, we want them to feel part of something, don't we? And we don't want people to feel like they're, they are going on. They go on their own kind of thing. Yeah. Can I do a plug for my cards at the back? Oh, yeah, got some cards at the back. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just want to get in there. Um, so at the back, I've, I've been, I think I spoke before, I've been recycling birthday cards, lots of other cards. People from the, the lunch clubs keep giving me all their old cards, and I, I'm recycling cards. I'm selling them at 50 pence, and that's to go to um, a project um, which 
I've visited and um, when I was out in Laos, and um, which Nat and Julia are quite close to, um, which is called the Hope Project. So all the money will go to that. So that's a really good way to send somebody a card, and that's an encouragement, isn't it? So there you go. <laughs> so thank you. Just to clarify your lifeboats, are you talking small groups? Little, little boats as opposed to just part so of the like big boat? At the moment, we're in the ship, yeah? We're all on the boat. But where do we go? What's our smaller group of people that we've got? Have we got like a, a, a lifeboat, a smaller group of people that we can fellowship with and we can share with? That's my question. Just clarifying that. Yeah. No, I think, that's, I think that's right. I think um, if you'd like to start a small group or you'd like to be part of a small group, um, we have them running um, all over um, the area and most of them on Wednesday nights. Most of them on Wednesday nights. But if you say, listen, I can't make a Wednesday night, um, start your own on Tuesday night. No, no. On Tuesday, you come and you're part of the worship. Tuesday night, here. come to the worship <laughs> night, which, which is here. Which could be your lifeboat, couldn't it? Yes. To the worship group. So, yeah. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, are we going to sing a song? We're going to worship together. Let's pray. Should we do that? I don't, can't believe our time is up. Ah. <sighs> Holy Spirit, you bring to the fore of our memories, of our mindset, your purposes and your will. Lord, we want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you that you provide our daily needs. I thank you that you keep us from the evil one, keep us from temptations, that you alone, O oh Lord, Oh God, and we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the work that your Holy Spirit is doing amongst us. And we say more, more of your Holy Spirit, more of you in our lives, Lord. And I pray, and if anyone has felt isolated on their own, perhaps felt unloved, unwanted, Lord, that the Spirit of God would just rise up in us to put an arm around that person to come near to that person, just as your heart is for people, just that you are that father, father to the fatherless, the protector of the widow, a home for the lonely, and bringing the prisoners into prosperity, that none of us, Lord, want to live in isolation, in the wilderness, in stubbornness and rebellion, but we want to live and breathe and move and have our whole being in you. And I thank you that you are bringing us together closer and closer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.